Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, The Invasion of Urx, written by Fermi's Folly. Mega click one, Mistress Fleet Conductor Vaxen unconsciously preened her pedipops with her small upper arms, a nervous habit from childhood. The breeding rights of her entire genetic lineage would be impacted by the outcome of the endeavor, whether it was successful or not. Her duty pulled her innards like a strong gravity. The invasion was a small task, but it cast such a long shadow. The first place of the invasion would be a short but critical, and early orbital resistance must be crushed with an overwhelming force. The aliens must be made to understand the bleak futility of their situation. They must be demoralized into submission. It would be easier on them in the long run. According to sensor diviners, the Erkslings had cobbled together some rudimentary orbital defenses, contrary to the initial reports that they had none whatsoever. This meant that it was possible, although still unlikely, that the war fleet had been detected in advance. Of course, if the fleet hadn't been detected, that would mean that the initial scouting reports were inaccurate enough to have missed the Erkslings' orbital defenses entirely. The fleet conductor preened her padipulps. It was irrelevant in any case. She soothed herself. At their level of technological sophistication, there was nothing the native Erkslings could do to stop the inevitable. The fleet pressed forward. The Erkslings' orbital satellite attacked, firing low-wattage lasers without even basic courier fields. Each blast was satisfyingly dispersed by the lead ship's shields in rainbow bursts of color. Such weapons had no hope of penetrating the shields of the Zoe categorization strife cruiser. All Erkslings accomplished was to give the adjacent shield tenders a little practice and demonstrate themselves to how hopeless their situation was. One by one, the satellites targeted and destroyed with precise shots from the strife cruiser's secondary weapons. The humans had accomplished nothing with them besides an expenditure of resources. This was precisely the kind of overwhelming force the fleet conductor had been hoping to demonstrate. Mistress fleet conductor, shouted one of the sensor diviners, his forearms working frantically at an elaborate console booming out in front of him. I've divined several detonations within the Oaksling satellite network. More attack satellites, asked the fleet conductor. No, replied the sensor diviner. It appears to be sabotage. Let them destroy their own satellites then, said the fleet conductor. We have no need for their piddling atomic age technology. It brought to mind the ignorant charm of a child to think that the Erkslings thought denying her access to their satellites would actually be striking any kind of blow against the looming Vavax invasion. If anything, this would aid the invasion effort. Mistress Fleet Conductor, shouted the sensor diviner yet again. What? asked the fleet conductor. Be wary that you do not waste my time. 
A thousand apologies, Fleet Conductor, but there have been several more detonations. It appears the Irkslings are deliberately creating a chain reaction that is completely destroying the entire orbital network. I do not relish repeating myself, said the Fleet Conduct. Let the Irkslings destroy whatever of their own technology they wish. It will not hinder us in our zir. The fleet conductor saw the Irkslings were attempting what her pathetic mewling underling was trying to tell her. The satellite wreckage would soon become an orbital storm of debris that would make the passage of unshielded ships impossible. It was almost clever, demonstrative of a kind of low cunning common amongst non-starfaring sapiens. The Irkslings, lacking the shield technology themselves, didn't realize that such an effort would be entirely wasted on the Vivax. It wouldn't stop her encroachment skiffs. I feel the duty bound at this moment to remind... Journeyman Keeper of the Corum, Mavavo began. Yes, snarled the fleet conductor. I am aware that the protections afforded the Class Three biospheres under galactic law... They have been enumerated to me over and over by a particular irritant of mine over the course of a, a very long voyage. I have a duty, said the keeper of decorum, bristling. Consider it expunged, replied the feet conductor. I will not demean myself to explain my invasion plan to you, but it has taken into account your constant whining. It wasn't her plan, not really. It was standard operating procedure for dealing with a sub-K0.5 civilization inhabiting a class 3 or better biosphere. It had been contained in the first dietaburst that she had received on the War Academy. First, she had to crush all initial orbital resistance with overwhelming force. This part was nearly complete. Next, she would subdue the populace with the war-footed compliance drones, subvert their leaders, and communicate through them to the populace what the new status quo would be as tributaries to the Vivax. Finally, any remaining pockets of resistance would be crushed brutally to set an example. It was a plan of action that had been used to absorb hundreds of alien worlds. She had altered it only slightly to take into account the particularities of Irks. Mega Click 2. While a complex web of laws and treaties protected the biosphere of Irks, as sapiens and Irkslings themselves were entirely at the mercy of the Vivax, the encroachment skips had easily pushed through the wreckage of an Irks orbit and began their task of distributing war footed compliance drones across the various population centers. Irkslings, helpfully clustered together very densely, with made the task unusually easy. The drones were specifically programmed not to fight unless attacked first. This would keep the damage that they would do to the biosphere to an absolute minimum. Instead, their task was to spray out clouds of nanocompilers into the air where they would saturate the bodily fluids of the weak-skinned Irklings. Once the Irkslings had been infected with the nanocompilers, they could be killed remotely. They could also be made to experience pain. This would ensure compliance with the new planetary order. Naturally, the nanocompilers would only target sapiens so as not to violate the rights of the local biosphere. The drones had been deployed and now for the better part of a mega-click. That should have been more than enough time for them to do their work. Master Drone Father Rinvaru approached the tall, imposing command throne atop 
which sat Mistress Speed Conductor Vaxen, while all around her hexagonal holographic screens buzzed like insects. Master Drone Father, said the fleet conductor, in acknowledgement, do you have something to report? I, uh, I do, Mr. Speed Conductor, the Drone Father stammered. We continue to encounter difficulties in engaging the drone campaign. The fleet conductor preened her pedipalps. Get to the point, she hissed. What are these uh, difficulties? There, there, there's been an, an, an unu- unusual phenomenon. The non-trivial percentage of Erksling population has had an unusual reaction to the nanocompilers. It seems, rather than being pacified into submission by the looming prospect of death, it has had the uh, opposite effect. Many of the Erkslings react to the news that they have been dosed by becoming suicidally reckless warriors without regard to their own personal safety. They have been frighteningly effective at striking back at us, considering our ability to kill them at a distance. Does any of this threaten the overall invasion? asked the fleet conductor. No, admitted the drone father, but then it is not something that required my personal attention. Deal with this however you see fit. It seems that the Erkslings are particularly reckless when threatened. We shall assimilate this new information. For now, move forward with the subversion of the Erksling leadership. Target them specifically with the nanocompiler clouds. Once we have their leaders under control, we should have less trouble from the locals. Fleet Conductor, you are no longer required at this time. Be gone. Mega Click 3 I want an explanation, snarled the Fleet Commander. You see, uh, Mistress, began the adjunct animal speaker, Zinzu. Explanation, I'm, well, not absolutely sure what is going on. That's not an explanation. It appears to be some quirk of the Umaran psychology. The what? The Erkslings name for themselves. I thought they called themselves Erkslings. No, that's just the planet. Mine. Proceed. The Umarans appear to take issue with any of their leaders siding with us. That would seem to be the deciding factor in the behavior that we're observing. The very act of collaborating with our invasion, for some particular reason, the Ermarins interpret negatively, cross-culturally. None of the factionalism that they had displayed during our observations has come into play. All attempts to play them against one another, or our own benefit, has failed miserably. They are united in opposition to us in a way that we have never before observed. You're telling me that as soon as one of their leaders starts working for the Vivax, these uh, Ermarins stop seeing them as a leader. Exactly. That could be inconvenient. What do you say, Master Drone Father? Why is the Erksning population still in a position to resist us? The situation is unusual, said the Drone Father. Nobody told me before we came here that Erkslings were insane, irrational, through countless sacrifices, getting themselves in fact-finding expeditions, mind you. They have determined the maximum range at which our drones can trigger the nanocompiler kill switch. They have a few weapons that can operate in excess of this range. They have already destroyed so many drones. I barely have enough drones to maintain control over the major cities. They know the terrain a lot better than we do, and those infected with nanocompilers always fight to the death. I can activate any kill switch from orbit, the fleet conductor said. Give me the coordinates of the largest rebel operations and I'll wipe them out. 
Excuse me, Mistress Fleet Conductor, began one of the sensor diviners. This had better be important. We actually can't trigger any of the kill switches from the Stripe Cruiser. What? Why in the galaxy not? There's too much debris in orbit, explained the sensor diviner. We can't get a signal through. Mega Click 4. The invasion was way behind schedule. The Vavax had not even been able to set up a stable puppet government for more than half a megaclick before it would be assassinated down to a nub. The situation was just as bad as with the drones. Now that the Erkslings had found a weakness, the drones were falling in too great a number to ignore. It was time to teach these upstart aliens a lesson. The fleet conductor had been hoping to conquer the planet Urks without having to land any living Vavax soldiers. That was always a point of prestige, but these braying barbarians were proving more trouble than she had anticipated. It had been an honor to play host to an entire division of Muravan cast warriors, even if she had been as certain that she would never have to use them. It was an even greater honor to now deploy them at the head of a great invasion force. This would be a footnote with which the fleet conductor stomped out the last remnants of the human resistance. The Erkslings may have little devious alien tricks with which they could dispatch a few combat drones, but they wouldn't be no match for the thinking opponent with a true star-faring race. Yes, the fleet conductor told herself, this new plan cannot fail. She preened her pedipulps. Mega Click 5. You are the Miravan, the most highly trained and well-equipped soldiers in the known Vivax, known to the galaxy. You are fighting children armed with sticks who haven't fully clawed out of the gravity well of their own homeworld. What could they possibly be attacking you with that is causing casualties in these numbers? Drones, replied Mistress Force Conductor Zamela. Drones? Reprogram warfooter compliance drones. They're just using them as war drones. It seems they have a lot of them. The fleet conductor preened her pedipulps. These drones, they're uh, doing things it's hard to believe. The humans aren't just reprogramming their friend-foe protocols. They're changing their tactics. I have never seen drones fight like this. You're supposed to be the Miravan. This was not good. Even a first-class vassal species like the fleet conductor's own people didn't understand the secret of the Vivax drone technology. They merely made use of the equipment that they were issued. If the Umarans were able to manipulate it, that did not bode well. Contact the drone father, she commanded. Withdraw all drones from Urks. We will settle this conflict the ancient way by personal combat. Mega Click 6. Explain, snarled the fleet commander. She never seemed friendly, but currently looming atop her throne of technology, she looked like an outright monster. Adjunct animal speakers and zoo clacked their tiny feeding hands inside his mouth. A nervous habit from childhood. We, 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 we always knew that the Ermarans had a split the atom. This kind of technology was well within their capabilities. I'm not interested in their capabilities, spat the fleet conductor. I am interested in the psychology that would cause them to detonate an atomic weapon in their own atmosphere. Actually, Mistress Fleet Conductor, risked one of the sensitive diviners, reports have come in of a second atomic detonation. They're insane! They're suicidal! What is wrong with them? ranted the fleet conductor. 
I feel the bound at this point to remind you, began the journeyman keeper, decorum, Bavavo, that any damage done into the biosphere of Oaks during this invasion will be a legal liability of a vax, regardless of which side caused it. As outside aggressors, we have even expanded duty to care for the biosphere. I know that, snapped the fleet conductor. Don't you think I know that? She preened her pedipalps. This was a disaster. Forget the invasion. If the humans did too much more damage to their own biosphere, the Vivax would be cripplingly sanctioned. There would be a Raxel to pay back home. Forget the genetic line. Her entire people would be demoted in status. There was no way that she could allow this continue for a click longer. She had to salvage what she could from the situation. Begin the general withdrawal, she announced. Pull every asset we have on the planet immediately. I want the entire fleet ready to leave the system as soon as possible. Day 246. It had been moved to a large custom-built warehouse in the Great Expanse. The invading aliens had their own name for the machine, something that it was hard to renounce, but it was obviously an invasion ship of some kind. These were black monoliths that blotted out the sun and brought with them the hated compliance drones. The scientists and engineers in the warehouse, a gathering of some of the best minds left in the ruins of the world, weren't brought here to study the alien war tech. No, the war had taught humanity much about that already. They were here to study something else that the wrecked ship had to teach. F.T.L. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.